welcome back to yet another edition of the SBK betting podcast and we've got a real good one this week for everyone. We've got the final classic of the season in the UK in the shape of the St. Ledger and it's also Irish Champions Weekend. Plenty of Group 1 action, lots to look into. We're going to focus on the two feature races, the St. Ledger at Doncaster and the Irish champion stakes at Leperstown on Saturday. No Ross Miller, but I'm delighted to be in the company of Tom Collins, who's going to provide us with all his insight and expert opinion. And we'll see if we agree, disagree, and where we'll land for our selections for this week. So TC, it looks to me that you've recovered from that uh, that burn of yours and you're, you're glowing at least now after, after the third degree burns that you ensued over the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, looking better than ever, I think, uh, is what you meant to say there, Jess. Um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> the burns are gone, thankfully. Um, I mean, look at the weather outside. The fact that I actually had burns in the first place is a bit remarkable. But uh, yeah, we're back. We're flying. Had a few winners in the US in the last week, a few UK winners. So really looking forward to this uh, Saturday's action. As you say, Doncaster and Leopardstown, top quality racing. I don't actually think the two races we're going to cover are the best. But mm. you know what? doesn't matter how good they are. We can still find winners. Yeah, definitely. I I'd agree with that, especially when it gets to the St. Ledger itself. Obviously, one mile, six and a half furlongs for the three-year-olds. And we've seen some remarkable horses win the St. Ledger in the past. And we've also seen some really good horse races. And, you know, you only think of last year, Hurricane Lane, uh, when he won and going back years, Q Gardens, uh, the Simple Verse uh, drama, and obviously Logician is in there as well. But this year sort of lacks a real standout, I feel. Um, according to the market, it is New London, um, who's a pretty short price to essentially give uh, Godolphin and Charlie Appleby back-to-back victories in this race. And at a price of five to six, it's whether he, he is opposable or not. We've also got Eldar Alderov, who's um, represented um, for Roger Varian, who's absolutely flying at the moment. Needs to bounce back from quite a disappointing run last time at Longchamp. Hu Yamal for George Bowie. Can he get his second classic of the season en route to back to the Melbourne Cup? And then a bit of a fly in the ointment is the Philly Haskoy. And she's been supplemented at a big prize for Rafe Beckett and Frankie Dettori. We've also got Irish competition in the shape of French claim for Paddy Toomey and Emily Dickinson, the mount of Sean Levy. So those are the main protagonists. TC, how have you worked out this race? Because we know that there's a good bit of rain around. You need a dower stayer, someone that will get the trip. It, is this price too short, do you think, for New London? I mean, it's certainly a question. Um, when I was looking through this race, I was just trying to find horses that actually had a bona fide chance of winning uh, a general scent ledger, an average scent ledger. And I really found it a struggle. I have to say, I was going through the whole field, looking at the outsiders, looking at the ones that are, you know, middle of the range in the market, as well as the favourites. And mm. I just came down on New London in the end. I don't think there's too much value in his price. I think he should be around even money. Um, so he is a shade of odds on, and that potentially uh, is a reason why others may look to oppose him. But this just really is a, a scent ledger that just falls miles below the curve. Uh, if you look back in the last decade, you generally have loads of horses in the fields rated 110 or higher. Um, for example, last year, seven of the 10 runners in the St. Ledger are rated 110 or higher. Even simple versus St. Ledger, which in my opinion was the worst in the last 10 years back in 2015. There were three uh, horses rated 110 or higher out of seven runners. This year, there's just two horses rated 110 or higher, which suggests it's a pretty weak race. Um, and talking of simple verse, she was the last filly to win this back in 2015. Uh, prior to that, you have to go back to 1992 
um, for the for the most recent filly since Simple Verse. So there are a couple of fillies in here in Haskell and Emily Dickinson that I think are actually live outsiders. And Haskell is one of two horses that I can actually think wins this race and can run to the average of 120, which you generally need to win this classic. Mm. The other is New London, and that's why I've come down on him. Haskell needs to find 13 pounds on her last effort to to reach the average of this race. I think that's perfectly plausible. She was good at York, um, but at the same time, it was a bit of a leap of faith for me to, to go in on her at a relatively short price. Um, so New London's just the one. He's been moving up the grades rapidly. Um, he was really impressive last time out in a, in a race that's uh, worked out nicely. The runner-up Deauville legend has subsequently won the Great Voltager, so that form has given it a good boost. And New London was always considered a derby horse uh, until he lost at Chester. And even that race at Chester, which is his sole defeat in his career behind changing of the guard, he just didn't have the run of the race. He had to close up a huge gap in a small field to even get close to changing of the guard, who was uh, perfectly rated on the front end, and then just quick and clear. New London just didn't really have a chance of winning that. Um, and I don't think the track suited either. So put a line through that effort. And you've got a real up-and-coming and proven horse in here who's technically unbeaten, if you put a line through that, representing mm-hmm. probably our best trainer at the moment in Charlie Appleby. And he's rated 115, which is the general level of horse you need to win this race. Yeah, look, if Ross Miller was here, it'd be like, TC, obvious, obvious. Surely there are some question marks here. We can't be deciding with this short price favourite. You know, you've got, as you say, an a very weak race, an open race. And you think Rafe Beckett, fair enough. They're throwing a filly into this. They don't have Westover. They may as well chance their arm. Why not who you mal then? There's the one horse that you haven't mentioned, considering that he clearly has shown that he can stay. He's been been talked up massively by Gay Waterhouse this week about the fact that he just wins. And he is going to be a Melbourne Cup horse. So he's got he's running to a very high standard. And actually, he's officially a pound higher than New London. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a player in here. I do think that uh, official rating is slightly um, inflated. I don't necessarily think he's a better horse than New London. And even if you look back to the Gordon Stakes at uh, Glorious Goodwood, uh, he finished third behind New London, two lengths back. Now, Ryan did drop his whip that day. Um, and therefore, you can make a case that, that uh, Huyabal should have finished closer. But I think New London was the best horse in that race. And for me, it's just really hard to see uh, Huyamal overturning the form, especially considering his only race since was... Uh, an egg and spoon forerunner uh, affair at Goodwood featuring horses that just shouldn't be competing in Group 3 company, let alone even challenging who you're male. Um, I think the second favourite there was rated 98 and then the other two, you know, the handicappers. Um, so, I don't know. I think who you're male is a player, um, but I do think the, the official mark is a bit inflated. I don't think that derby run can necessarily be taken literally. Mm. But look, if you, if you fancy okay. him, then, um, you know, there are, there are positives there, especially given the lack of uh, talented opposition. I mean, he should probably be second favourite, Eldar Eldarov, rated 109, currently second in the market. I mean, I wasn't impressed with him in the Queen's Vars. I know he won that race, but to me, he wasn't the best. Uh, he just got given the best ride. And then last time out in the Grand Prix Grand Prix de Paris, um, I thought it was very disappointing. So I can certainly see the case for who you are. Yeah, look, I'm gonna stick with him because I I disagree that the the on the face value of it when we second to Desert Crown, who I know is your one of your favourite horses in training, that that was a a, a, fl- a slightly fluky lucky lucky position he was in, and he and at 150 to one, he was that price for a reason. But actually, since then, he has proved that was no fluke, and I think he stays very well. And that's the big element for me compared to the favourite New London is that at Goodwood, that was just short of the trip that he really wants. Um, I think New London, he might just be found out for stamina against Huyamal, especially if they get any any more rain over the next 24 hours. So Huyamal, for me, it's a better price. I can't 
question uh, George Bowie and what he can do with all types of horses and 13 to 2 is um, a pretty sound price as well against that favourite New London. So we'll take opposing sides for this one, TC, and we'll wish you the best of luck. Um, that is um, the St. Ledger, uh, which is at 3.30. Only 15 minutes later, we have the Irish Champion Stakes. Now, as mentioned a little bit earlier, we've got the Irish Champions weekend throughout the, the whole two days of Saturday and Sunday and they're better group ones definitely the matron stakes being one of them but the champion stakes has always been the absolute pivotal crowning moment of um, this weekend and, and a big effort is in and around making this uh, the real highlight in the showpiece with a million euro up for grabs last year was probably one of the races of the season and um, between St. Mark's Basilica and Tanawa. Um, Magicals won this twice, Roaring Lion and um, Almanzor importantly won this for Jean-Claude Rouget back in 2016. So the question is, TC, with Vidani, the current favourite with Christophe Sumion on board, and Mishrif jocked up with Colin Keane on board for John and Bailey Gosden, can Vidani give Jean-Claude Rouget a second win in this race? I mean, he definitely can. Um, this is a real informed three-year-old. Um, Jean-Claude Rouget, as you said, has won this race before with Almanzor. It's an interesting piece of placement. And I don't think this is the best uh, Irish Champions stakes you'll ever see either. Um, in fact, much like the St. Ledger, I think this revolves around the two highest rated and best horses at the top of the market, Inverdania and Mishrif. Um, they've faced before uh, in, the, in the Eclipse and only half a length separated them. Inverdania won, Mishrif was second. My opinion is that Mishrif was the best horse that day and he was giving uh, Vidani £10. Um, obviously, he got hampered as the field were kind of uh, concertinaing together with a furlong to go, uh, whereas Vidani got a brilliant ride down the outside, used his turn of foot to great effect, and uh, he kicked clear and eventually won. Uh, Mishrif gets a £4 swing in the weights this time around, only has to give Vidani £6. And that was kind of my reasoning for going against Vidani and actually backing Mishrif, as well as the price. You get slightly bigger odds on uh, Jonathan Lee Gosden's runner. I like the booking of Colin Keane. And actually, the major tick in the box for Mishrif, I think, is last time out in the job on International. Yes, he was stuffed by Baid, but Baid is a superstar. Don't, there's no point of even looking into the, uh, the winning margin that day. Mishrif actually ran within three pounds of his career best uh, in the job on International. He bounced right back to something like his best. And actually, he broke on terms for the first time this season. I think the commentator said after the first stride, he was actually away the quickest. I think that's a massive tick in the box of Mishra. If he, if he does that again here, he'll be in front of Vidani and Vidani will have to run down Mishra. I'm not 100% sure that's going to happen. So I'll stick with John and Thady Gosman's runner. Interestingly, that the handicap actually put him down three pounds for that effort. I think they just inflated a bit, bit, um, Baeed's even more. But yeah, Mishrif, he's looking for his first win since the, the Jubmon International. That's kind of sort of played on a lot of people's minds when they look at Mishrif. Why? How has he not been winning? Is he just bumping into one? Has he been unlucky? Has he been slow away? I'm going to go against you again, Tom, because... Don't you think my one thing that I'm excited about is the amount of rain that they've had in Ireland. They're going to make this, the is going to be slow. It was fast at Sandown and you possibly could see even a better Vidani on that softer going. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I think that's perfectly plausible. Um, look, I would definitely not be surprised if Vidani won this race. I think mm. you have every reason to go for him, um, even at a, short, a relatively short price. I think he probably is the most likely winner. Um, you know, based on form, the fact he's still improving as a three-year-old, the fact, as you mentioned, the ground condition will suit him. Um, but let's not forget that Mishrif is also a heavy ground winner. So it's definitely not a negative in his camp, albeit it is a positive for Vidini. Yeah, OK. So 
The day and eve for me, you can shop around if you wanted to, but with SBK, we can find, might just squeeze out 11 to 8. Um, but he is a horse that definitely is comes here with you know all the credentials to continue on this fabulous trajectory for Jean-Claude Rouget, as this three-year-old does. Luxembourg is interesting. He's in there. Ryan Moore's been very bullish about the horse that we'll see on Saturday will be a better horse than we saw in his reappearance in the Royal Whip uh, last time at the Curra. Uh, he really does need to build on that, but they had a lot resting on that horse earlier on in the season. And then quickly, TC, should we mention Ernesto? Obviously, this he needs to uh, reoppose the Dany, but... Was he? What did you make of his run um, when in the Prix de Jockey Club? Many said that he might have just been a slight unlucky because he had to come from a long way back. Yeah, he was scrubbed along for a long period of that race and uh, basically looked like he was going to be tailed off at one point, but finished well into fifth. Was beaten over six and a, a half lengths, I think, by Vidini. Um, it'd be hard to see that form turn around. But last time at the Grand Prix, de, Grand Prix de Paris, it was a big step forward. Uh, beat Elder Elderoff, who we previously covered uh, in the St. Ledger. So. He's a player. I don't know too much about him, if I'm being honest. Um, I'd rather back him, though, around, you know, eight to one than Luxembourg, who mm-hmm. I think still uh, continues to be a hype horse rather than a proven quantity. Now, I know he's won the Burton Futurity, but to my eye, he wasn't that impressive that day. Certainly wasn't impressive in the Royal Whip. Aiden's won this for the last three years, but I don't know with him. I can't be backing him at that, at that kind of price. So um, maybe Ernesto is the third best horse in this race. Yeah, it's what's good about this compared to the the eclipse where we were, didn't know what where the pace was going to come from. We got Stone Age and importantly you got Broom in there, so I think it's going to be running a decent gallop, and I think it's going to be that's going to be set up better for the Daney. So that's where I'm siding with. But Mishrif for for TC in the Irish Champion Stakes, so we've got two feature Group Ones in the space of 15 minutes on Saturday, and uh, yeah, a, a good. A good look at them but as we've said there's definitely outside of that um over the course of the weekend you see so much you can choose from i'm sure you've only prioritized linkfield in your mind and the rest of the american <laughs> racing but i'd imagine there is probably something tasty at doncaster or tasty in ireland w- what have you gone for for your bet of the week well, the nap and the place play are both at Lingford, as you previously mentioned. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did I did look at Doncaster. I have to say there are a couple that are in, interesting, but I just don't know what price they're going to be at the moment. So I left them out. Uh, Sunday's very interesting as well at the Curra. Uh, at Leopardstown, sorry, we've got some uh, some top quality action. A couple of um, Aiden O'Brien juveniles are running there. But let's get back to the nap. And that's Gordon's Aura in the five o'clock at Lingfield. Now, this horse isn't going to be a big price. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's a son of Golden Horn. In typical Smart Prescott fashion last year, in the autumn, he ran in three quick-fire maidens, two over seven furlongs, one over a mile, got himself a lowly handicap mark. This horse is bred for much further. He returned this year in June, was sent off eight to 13 in a handicap, um, just at very one-paced. Uh, but I think he probably needed a run. We didn't see him at his best. Last time out um, at Yarmouth, much better effort. He got beaten, um, but by a horse who's previously racked up a hat-trick, I think the, that effort was pretty useful. He now steps up to two mile and I can't really see Gordon's aura being beaten in the five o'clock at Lingfield, Jess. Okay, Gordon's aura, Lingfield, fabulous. We love to give you a bit of everything, um, especially um, five o'clock when things might not have gone right throughout the afternoon, but you're still looking for something to keep you interested. Um, For myself, um, as we touched upon, it is Irish Champions Weekend. I'm lucky enough to be there um, over the course of Saturday and Sunday. And Saturday is what I have already had a good look at. And the Boomerang Mile at 4.20 has long been a race that I've been in 
intrigued in. I think it's a good indicator and can be set up for some horses that go on to the Breeders' Cup mile as well. And you just get some you get some speed-based milers in this race. Um, I don't think it's the best um, addition that we've had before. I think Boundless Ocean for John uh, for Jim Bolger will probably be favourite. I'm intrigued and very excited that Simon and Ed Crisford are bringing over Jadumi. Um, last seen winning the Celebration Mile at Goodwood, um, was sent over to France uh, where he won the listed race as well. He's a horse that really relishes um, some give on foot. They've got Christophe Sumi on foot, which is a, a great booking, but the Simon Ed Crisford form, I mean, what can we say? They've just having a serious purple patch one horse they've brought over to Ireland that is Jadumi and um, I think that he's a, he's a really likeable type um, for Irish Champions Weekend in the Boomerang Mile at Leopardstown could even be a bit of a place play but I don't think I think there's just seven runners um, eight runners so um, I'd imagine his price might get even shorter but hopefully he can get around six to one place play time then at Lingfield again for UTC Yes, at Lingfield, the 319 at Lingfield. Now, this is obviously the place play section, but I was very tempted to put this filly up as the nap. Um, I actually think she's a win play, but I'm just putting her up in this place play section because I don't really know what price she's going to go off. It's really hard to predict. Um, she's a horse called Puffing. Um, and this, this filly has been in my tracker since she made her debut last year at Kempton. She was really impressive that day for Rafe Beckett. I like Rafe Beckett's uh, juveniles that win at Kempton or the ones that are placed as well, I think. He tends to send his best horses to there and to Newmarket. Um, and Puffing won really impressively, as I say, that day. She was immediately touted as being a 1,000 guineas horse um, on the back of that effort, though she suffered a setback uh, during the spring and therefore didn't make um, the classic in, at Newmarket. She then returned in June after a real long absence. I backed her, but at the same time, I knew it was a pretty difficult race and it actually panned out to be just that. The winner is, rate, is now rated 105. The runner-up's rated 99 and the third is rated 93. So it was a very good maiden. Um, she was far too keen. She was ridden very aggressively early on. And she was fourth, bang in there with every chance for the furlong to go. But she just weakened. She blew up in the closing stages after the long absence um, and eventually finished at, right out the back of the TV. Now she returns with a first-time hood on, which should help, hopefully help her settle and, and help her take a lead in the race. Off the mark of just 77, for a filly that was considered good enough to win or compete in the 1,000 guineas, I think Puffing has a great chance in this handicap, the 319 at Lingfield. Okay, Puffing. Out of Puff, I think she she is. It was a really yeah. good race mare for Ray Beckett as well. Um, and uh, yeah, really intriguing to see her back after um, a spell on the sideline. So Puff ing and Ray Beckett in great order as well so that um that is a place play for TC but you can be um punchy and go for a win as well he's got confidence behind him um behind her I should say uh, for me another filly um for from a place play um perspective um and I was intrigued, as we mentioned earlier, that Sean Levy's been given the ride aboard Emily Dickinson, which is a big call-up for um, an Aidan O'Brien horse. Uh, Emily Dickinson ran an extraordinary race at Goodwood uh, last time out in the Lily Langtree when, you remember, Urban Artist went off and pulled clear by about 15 lengths. And the pack came back, but Emily Dickinson was pretty much stone last I think Brian Moore might have got a little bit wrong that day. He never normally does, but I don't think he judged it as well as Tom Marquand did, um, who was able to get the first run um, and go past Urban Artist. Yes, yes, was also in the race as well. Be really intrigued to see how Yes, yes, and Urban Artist get on at Doncaster today. Um, they're both lining up um, in a, a Phillies only event, but Emily Dickinson, she stayed on really well. She showed that 
Um, she can definitely stay that one mile six furlongs that the Lily Langtree uh, trip was. And the fact that they pitched her in here, they obviously don't have a good enough colt, um, but they've decided to run her she's around 20 to 1 you could find worse 20 to 1 shots being by Dabawi out of Chiquita why not I don't think that I think that's a, I think that's quite nice value there for the St Ledger which is bang open so Emily Dickinson for my place play um, a reminder that um, SPK has placed only odds on all races so that is our um, pitch to you all for this weekend. TC, we'll give you the floor now for your stat attack. Again, I can't remember what you had last weekend, but um, I, I, I do find these stat attacks uh, I, intriguing. I, never try. I did this. <laughs> I, this is two weeks in a row. I can't even remember what I put up last weekend. I don't think it was successful, I have to say. Oh, no, it was. It was successful. Um, it was Carl Burke at Thirsk, and he had a winner of his uh, three representatives. So it go. was successful, um, but it was against my nap. So uh, that's probably why I forgot about it. Um, yes, this week's stat attack, for the, I think the second time in the last four weeks, it's going to uh, revolve around Frankie de Tory. And this is a jockey booking that really caught my eye when I looked at the entries um, for Saturday. He has a 14% strike rate, which doesn't necessarily sound amazing, but a, a £1 level stakes profit of plus £22.13 when he rides for Andrew Balding in his career. In the last five years, they've only teamed up once, and that horse won um, at 18 to 1. They're teaming up again on Saturday for the first time in a long time on a horse called Chaldean in the Group 2 Champagne Stakes. It looks a match uh, between uh, Chaldean and a horse that's trained by Charlie Appleby. And they're going to go off a, around five to four favourites, I imagine, both of them. Um, it's 220 at Doncaster, but I just thought it was a really in interesting jockey booking. Um, Andrew Balding would have had the choice of a few, I'd say. And the fact that Frankie Dettori is taking the ride for the first time on this uh, lightly race sort, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, because David Probert would be there um, as he's on HMR a little later and is one on this horse. But Frankie Dettori gets the call up and obviously is very familiar in the Jubmont colours. So um, we'll see how Chaldine gets on. As I said, up against Silver Knot. And I'm surprised actually looking at it probably get slightly bigger odds on Chardine if nothing hasn't done anything wrong at all. So um, intriguing horses, some very good racing this weekend, plenty of racing, um, very good quality action. And hopefully we provide a little bit of insight. TC and I are firmly taking each other on um, in most of the races that we've, uh, well, both races that we've covered. So best of luck to you, TC. Um, a, a reminder, as always, that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. T's and C's always apply remember to subscribe to whatever podcast channel tc i'm sure you're back with some american insight for a good good selection of racing this weekend actually we're not and i'll tell you why because saratoga unfortunately finished on monday literally my favorite meeting of the year um in new york they need a little break after 40 days of virtually straight racing so aqueduct returns next week saturday night selections will be back then really looking forward to uh that meet as well. So I'm sure if you tune into to that podcast, which goes live on a Friday, as well as this podcast on a Thursday every week, then um, hopefully we can provide plenty of winners for you. Okay, well, keep up the good content, TC. I'm sure we'll be back uh, with Ross Miller very soon. And make sure to listen out to the SBK Ambassador content. There's a great uh, piece of content out at the moment with George Bowie discussing who your mouth. So best of luck to our SBK Ambassador. Uh, thank you for joining us again as ever, and we will see you very soon.